Coming up, are you making these special effects mistakes at your haunt? Find out. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunt Attraction Network podcast, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even an event series coming up for this Halloween. Links to everything are in the show notes. Today, we're airing an episode from one of our partner stations, The Scare Factor. The Scare Factor is a nationwide haunted house review website and directory, and this episode is from their companion podcast. This episode is all about special effects pet peeves that these professional reviewers see at haunts when they're out reviewing. As haunters, you should listen to this episode to hear what they are and tactics for how to address them at your haunt. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, it's the Scare Factor Podcast Season 2. What's going on, everybody? Tyler here at thescarefactor.com. Thanks for tuning in here to the Scare Factor Podcast. We've got Nora here with us. What's going on, Nora? Oh, not much. Trying to stay out of the storm. Trying to stay out. Yeah, hopefully we don't get uh, interrupted here right in the middle of this one. Uh, Brian and Tiffany are also with us, our New York and Washington teams. What's going on, Brian and Tiffany? I'm here. You know, dying of sweat. It's okay. Are you re- Are you really, though? Are you really here? I am. Or are you all there? I'm all everywhere, I think. Tiffany, am I there? I don't know if Tiffany's here or not. I'm or there. definitely here. It's a balmy 70 degrees outside. Is it raining? It's probably raining. It's not raining. <laughs> it's actually really sunny. Wow. It's not raining. No, we got it all over here. I told it, yes. Yeah, I, I shared the she love. She got tired of us picking on her rain. So this week we are talking about pet peeves for sound effects. Things that really grinds our gears. Special effects. What did I say? Sound effects. Sound effects. Uh, sound effects special are special effects. effects. Yeah. yeah. They are special effects. <laughs> yeah, pet peeves for special effects. Thank you for the correction, darling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, what really grinds our gears for special effects inside of haunted attractions? We are talking sound effects. We're talking scene design, details, props, animatronics, and all the other sensory things that can go on inside of haunted houses. This should be another really good one. If uh, if you like this episode, make sure you go back and listen to our customer service pet peeves where you get to hear Brian go off on a few tangents. That's quite entertaining. <laughs> Always is. We have cast in season one, too. Yes. yes our cast, cast and staff pet peeves. That was a real good one. So, Brian, kick us off with sound effects. All right. So, sound effects. Uh, sound effects are the uh, things that you hear. And um, so sound effects are continuously so loud that you can't hear anything around you and you can't even hear yourself think. And it's honestly, I, I've run into this more often than not um, as as an actor is when I ran into it the most. And I don't even think the sound was that loud. It just kind of drove itself into my brain like a little earworm. And it just it didn't go away. And I go home and I'd hear my ears would be just ringing because of the stupid ambient noise. I mean, I kind of enjoy it sometimes because it feels like you're taking it back. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's good to have enough volume to where it's effective. Um, You don't want it so quiet that you're just like, you know, creepy walking through this, you know, post-apocalyptic whatever. Um, I mean, there's a lot of haunts that do do it that way, but. Having enough volume to where you can, like, feel it in your chest can really help with the, uh, kind of the sensory overload, too. Um, so there's, there's good ways to do it and there's bad ways to do it, but yeah, you definitely don't want it to be 
so loud for so long, you know, it doesn't need to be that loud all the way through the entire show for sure. Or near actors that are trying to talk to you and you can't hear anything they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, and it's tough, too, because with ambient noise, with ambient sounds anyway, you want that to almost not really be very noticeable. Right. And I think the the less noticeable it becomes, the better a job you're doing. And I don't mean that to say, you know, turn the volume down so that nobody can hear it and nobody can notice it. Like it should be audible, but it should blend into the scene such that it feels natural to that scene. You shouldn't think, oh, this is really great sound design unless you're a nerd like us. You should, as a customer, you should be walking through really believing that you're walking through a wasteland or whatever. Cafeteria with kids screaming in the background and trays moving around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you don't want the speakers to be so small and so, you know, loud and volume turned up that they're like peaking, peaking or already blown. And you all you hear is <laughs> when you're going through the yeah, scene, right. it's like, oh, yeah, that's not fake at all. You know, <laughs> that always makes right. me make this mad face in the middle of a scene trying to seek out the speaker like you. You need unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> you died a long time ago. <laughs> Well, the other side to that, too, is you don't want a really thin sound. Um, you know, what you want, ideally, is a very full uh, listening experience. You want a full sound, a wide sound, if you will. And, and that's hard to do with speakers because the speakers that can do that are really expensive. And haunts very often operate on shoestring budgets. That is true, but we definitely do notice when we do hear those big speakers because the sound is mucho better. <laughs> That's we true. We can give lots of points for those speakers. But. We also have a peeve when we can hear the the recorded sound stop and restart in the middle of a scene. Oh, oh yeah, hearing the loop drives <laughs> me up a wall. Yeah, and especially when it stops and it starts over and you're like, really? Right. So I have one related to sound for you guys. Uh, how do you feel about... What does inverted sound sound like over there in Washington? <laughs> <laughs> it's not inverted. Backwards sound. <laughs> no. It summons the devil. It does. It's everything played backwards. Um, oh. Seriously. Um, so the question that I <laughs> do have is, uh, like, I encounter it out here, and I know we talked about it before, but, like, new metal playing ridiculously loud like throughout the whole haunt <laughs> is kind of like one of like the things that drives me up a wall mostly because i know all that's all those songs from like my youth and it, it's one of those things it doesn't really matter what room i'm in or like what section of the haunt i do not care about anything that's going on other than what's playing on the speakers <laughs> right and so it's so off-putting as soon as Rob Zombie or Corn or one of those guys start playing, it's like, oh yeah, we got music in this room instead of you know. I think ambient they should sound. keep that out in the queue area if they're going to use it at all. No, I'm talking through the whole. I'm talking about the whole haunt, yo. Like the same soundtrack <laughs> throughout the whole no. thing. No. So it's funny you say that. It is funny you say that because I went to a haunt, uh, I've gone the last two years, hoping that they kind of fix their show. Their biggest issue is they have no real cast. Their sets and their scenes are amazing, but there's nobody in them. 
Um, so one of them is they have five attractions there. One of them is like prehistoric dinosaur themed, and you would expect actors in there to be like cavemen, um, or maybe like in dinosaur suits or something. You would expect props and and all that stuff to be like dinosaur related. That's not always the case. So the f- couple of actors that are in there are like zombies. There was like a, uh, an alien or like a predator knockoff in there. And then the animatronics are zombies. And I think there's a cowboy animatronic for some reason. <laughs> Super weird. But as m- the second you walk into that haunt, into that attraction, until the second you walk out, the backing track for Rammstein's Du Hast is playing. But it's not the whole song. It's just that main riff. And it just loops over and over and over, and I annoy the shit out of the actors because I will sing the entire song as I'm walking <laughs> through there. It's the only bit of German I know, but I will sing that song. <laughs> Ooh. Lost. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I know exactly what Tiffany's talking about, and they've done it the last two years, and I'm hoping they do it again this year. <laughs> so you could sing? Because I'll go... I'll go just to annoy the shit out of the actors. <laughs> the one actor that's in there. The one actor. <laughs> the one actor. So sound bleed from room to room is kind of another thing too, isn't it? Yeah. How about from attraction to attraction? That's my favorite. Yeah, that's, yeah. If it's outside and they have like fireballs or something and an outdoor trail and a cornfield, they're separate. It's going to be unpreventable for the most part, but. Yeah. You're getting ready to walk into the graveyard catacomb haunt and you still hear the clowns playing next door. It's like, oh. It's where they bury the dead and clowns. Usually... Duh. <laughs> right? Of course. Why did clowns I think die? that? We usually notice it the most when there's not enough sound in the scene we're in so then we can hear all the scenes around us. I feel like I feel like in that case, um, you know, for the dead clowns, we need to figure out what sad clown noises actually sound like. So that we can provide that to haunts, so that they can play sad clown noises. I feel like it's you know for their for their fallen brethren, and then we can have a clown you know pouring one out for his homies over like a tombstone or something. Like so, this is where you would go in reverse music, but I feel like it would be like reverse ska. So ska is upbeat, like make it depressing, make it have a downbeat, reverse it and slow it down a little bit. Right? Yeah. Now we got to do that when we get off this. So we can hear it. <laughs> Brian, if you come across some, you'll have to insert it into this part of the Please. T- on this part of the episode. I, I, I think I might. I, I might. We'll see what happens with the teasers. But <laughs> so, aside from sound effects, moving on down, we've got scene design and details. Now, one of the biggest things here that drives us up the wall is like your unpainted or just bare walls or things that literally just look like they picked them up off the street or out of the hardware store and just threw them in there and didn't try to distress them at all or make them feel like, you know, they fit. This can be like black plastic walls or black fabric walls. That's a real common one we see over here. Um, OSB, which is like the, the plywood that's made out of like chips, chipboard, you know, the big, great big chips. Oh, particle board. Yeah, particle board. Well, particle is like almost sawdust. Yeah. Where OSB is like actual like chips, like it went through a wood chipper type of deal. Pressed together. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, and glued and pressed together in layers, yeah. And then like, like, yeah, just plastic walls. 
Um, we we have that issue, and I, I would say a lot of outdoor haunts have it too because it kind of sits out in the weather, and like the chips kind of start peeling, and you can see all the texture through the black paint. But yeah, just it's supposed to look dark and shadowy, and you know, like create this void of a space, and then yeah, you just see all the all the grains in the wood and all that stuff. And it's like, no, this just looks cheap now. <laughs> it's okay to use that as a base, but you need to put things on top of that. Yes. It needs more than just that. The black plastic, though, at least give I it a can't... fresh. At least give it a fresh coat every year because when the chips start peeling, now you just see the plain wood underneath and yeah, totally, totally ruins it. Or um, that just reminded me, seeing the chips and then seeing broken walls. We've seen walls that are completely busted in half and still just sitting there with the beams holding it in place and that's about it so it's like oh that's nice i've seen one with a hole punched through it because an actor had a bit where they would punch the wall and they'd hit the same spot so many times mm-hmm. they went right through yeah and that's probably what happened with this too but it kind of just looked like it was very old decrepit and just falling apart we've seen floors like that too So the other, the next thing is, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about this paint on the walls. Uh, you know, there's no layering, there's no texture, there's no nothing. It's just, you know, you should have 3D objects because you live in a 3D world, right? And and you need more than just paint on the walls. I get it. It's, I I just said it a minute ago. I understand you have little to no budget, but you know it. It costs very little to go get some foam and make bricks if you're in the catacombs. Well, well, sometimes you can just go out in the woods and find stuff and throw it on the wall and either paint it to look like something or leave it up yeah, there the way it is. Depending, scene. You, no, yeah. no, just throw up a wall and paint it. It's not creating a scene. <laughs> I also think like the reliance of just painting walls and particularly in like 3D haunts is that uh, when you go ahead and have the black light with the 3D glasses. Can we can we pause one second? Put your phone in your pocket or something because it keeps buzzing. Or whoever's phone is buzzing. I, I, I keep hearing it no, through it Discord. Might be mine, but I got it on. <laughs> okay, whoever's phone is uh, just buzzed like crazy. I had it on vibrate instead of on silent. So one of the things. <laughs> So one of the things that this makes me think of, of the 3D haunts that have like the 3D uh, blacklight effects where you wear 3D glasses and it's going through a blacklight. It's kind of hard because if the blacklight painting is done well, it would actually like pop out. However, by adding something to make it 3D and still have everything painted, it doesn't have to necessarily look like it's coming out, like you don't have to build out, but actually adding that depth into those paintings kind of like really, really like makes those paintings pop, particularly like going through as like a customer or a patron, like just seeing a lot of like those 3D graffiti or mirrors or whatever you kind of want to call them. Um, it gets pretty monotonous because you know nothing's actually going to pop out of those um Mm -hmm. and so if you could create like some type of like visual deception by having actual 3d things in there where actors could hide behind or even just something where the customer would expect it 
to like be a solid wall, but it isn't because it's just actual 3D object that's painted as one. I think that's kind of how you could turn this around. Um, but yeah, it you definitely need more than just paint on the walls. Yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of going ahead and building out the scenes as if it wasn't, uh, wasn't, yeah, wasn't, is that a word? <laughs> wasn't? It is over here in Southern Indiana. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a big proponent of filling out the scene as if it was normal, uh, you, you know, if it wasn't painted 3D-like, then using the 3D to accent that. If you must, <laughs> if, if we're being honest, I'm not a huge fan of the 3D haunts just because I know it's, I, I don't know it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that like them and there's a, a lot of clown characters and haunts that, that can fit with, don't. <laughs> but, uh, and I've even seen it in, um, some asylum areas where you're supposed to be like tripping out on medicine or something. And I can see how it works, but yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a, feels like a cop out to me <laughs> instead of feeling, you know, Instead of trying to create an actually realistic and believable scene, they kind of lean on that sort of thing. And But yeah, we're not the typical customer, and people that don't see it 30, 40 times a year probably think it's really cool. But <laughs> Don't speak ill of clowns. <laughs> yeah, I agree that it's, like, it's pretty gimmicky uh, if you're going to use it a lot, but I think there are scenes where it can be used to great effect, you know, even for people like us who see it all the time and we see... You know, we see good applications, we see bad applications of it. And I think using it sparingly in one scene where, like you said, you're in a clown room or you're in an asylum where you're supposed to be kind of tripping out, I think that can work really well. But the problem is most haunts are like, hey, we got gallons of this 3D paint crap. Let's, you know, let's do, uh, let's do a whole haunt out of it. Well, no, bad idea. Let's, let's slow down there, Skippy. Keep your shirt on. <laughs> Um, when we're talking about filling out the scenes, um, also having big, large scenes that are not full of anything is a peeve as well. So, like, if you're a haunt designer and you're thinking about taking this giant room and putting a lot of furniture and stuff up against the walls, look at it again and make sure you can't put some of that furniture in the center of the room where people won't fall over it, obviously, but, like, tables and desks and couches to where we can walk around them so we feel more closed in and it take it actually adds length to the haunt. If the haunt is designed to where it can keep the flow, but yet, you know, add a couple of maneuvers, because that also makes scenes feel more realistic. Because if you're walking through your house, if your house is anything like ours, <laughs> you got to walk around several different things to get where you're going. Like you can't just, I don't know, we have like couches and islands and all kinds of stuff here where you can't just walk straight through here. So keep that in mind, too. Yeah, break it up a little bit instead of just having a big open empty space. Um, speaking of adding things to your sets and your scenes, by that we don't mean leaving out piss bottles, water bottles, Gatorade bottles, um, all of the above bottles, cell phones, boom boxes, cords, cables, dog machines, speakers, whatever. None of that shit. Machines. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking see any of it. Okay, <laughs> it either. takes me out of the immersion. <laughs> I'm already very hard to impress as it is. I don't want to see that shit, you know? And it's, I think we're, we're all in agreement. Like we see that and it's like it, you, you immediately go from like an eight or a nine because your scene is very well decorated right down to a six or seven because it's like, this really killed it. You know, maybe you guys aren't that harsh, but especially when it's over and over. Yeah. Maybe you guys aren't that harsh about it. But like, if I see it once I'm taking a point off and you're going to come down to like a seven or eight. And then if I see it again, you're coming down to like a five or a six because 
Come on, once? It depends okay. on how particular big the haunt scene is. Anyway, yeah, you better have a lot of really yeah. good scenes to offset yeah, something like so, that. Yeah, it depends on how big the haunt is and what, what it was that we saw. I'm working on a training video right now, and there was a car that is supposed to be the first scare of an outdoor attraction, and there was no actor at the car. And because the actor was not at his scene, there was a very obvious corded button sitting on the hood of the car waiting for the actor to come over there and take the button and kind of hide in the woods and hit the button so it would beep the horn, you know, and it was just all right there laying out. And I'm like, if that's the first thing I saw when I started a haunted attraction, that would have a pretty big impact on their score for that. If that's the first thing I saw when I started an attraction, I would grab that button and make the car horn honk. <laughs> <laughs> just it to see what would happen. It didn't appear to be too much in reach because there was like a fence between it and the person, but yeah. Just to see what would happen because <laughs> I know what those buttons look like. It's like the Jeopardy style buzzer because I used to use one uh, where, where my scene was as, as an actor and I held on to one all night. I know what that is. I know what they do. <laughs> they do all sorts of fun shit. I'd never seen one and as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know exactly what that is. Oh my god, they need that to hide is that. not supposed to be there, yeah. And you guys also mentioned, like, everything of, like, the above bottles, like, that's kind of, like, actor influence are left behind. I mean, working... Oh, for sure, yeah, it's for actors to get something to drink while they're in their scene, and they just set it on the counter and go back to scaring, or go in their hidey hole and forget to take it with them, or something, yeah. Right. Yep. I've seen bottles of fog juice sitting around. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and gas. Working at, like, a haunt... Like behind the scenes, we actually had to have um, characters in costume, like go ahead and go through and pick up uh, bottles of beer and stuff like from the patrons that went through. Yeah, because the patrons also, do it too. Yeah, they also left stuff around and it starts looking really junky when you have like all these white claws piled up while you're walking through like the haunt <laughs> experience. It's like we don't have a problem. I mean just having just having white claws on the premises already <laughs> makes it trashy. Just by the fact that they exist. <laughs> yes. God, how, how more basic <laughs> well, could you get white yeah. claws? Hopefully the staff can see them before they walk into the attraction with them, but I'm sure people get very creative at hiding a full beer. Maybe like I don't really think that there's like a really heavy the one that I'm thinking of, there's not really like a really heavy security detail. And everybody is in heavy jackets because it's raining and it's October and it's kind of cold. So it is really easy just to have one on you, like from the beer garden and carry it through. Another one we saw a lot was like to, to go uh, coffee cups. Um, it's like an accessory that has to happen during the winter. So you'll see it all over the place throughout the hunt. So it does really look like somebody basic walked through the hunt. But um, yeah. <laughs> you can smell the pumpkin spice as you approach the attraction. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have no issues with pumpkin spice when it's Halloween season. Oh, no, we like it. Too. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't get me wrong. I like pumpkin spice, but there is a line to be drawn, okay? <laughs> there was an actor that reminded me, an actor at Haunted Hydro we went through for Friday 13th, and he's like, oh, I go all white girl on pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> so the next thing uh, is props and animatronics. And um... Speaking of pumpkin spice. <laughs> Tyler's yes. doing the episode of Cutoffs. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, animatronics, props, all that shit. Um, 
loud air animations where the props are so loud that it's very clear they're fake. So you're getting like the sound of the air moving through the lines, the sound of the actuation, the sound of the compressor kicking back on, the sound of the air releasing out of the compressor, all of that. It, I understand it's hard to hide, but I don't know, get creative. Jesus Christ, you're a fucking haunter. Figure this shit out. You're really creative people, but somehow you haven't managed to solve this goddamn problem. I mean, as soon as the air compressor kicks on and it goes... I mean, that can yeah. probably count for a scare at first, but after you get the rolling drone, it's kind of like, oh, it was just That's what the new battle is for, is to cover that... <laughs> The new Add that industrially like raw sound while you're walking through. I say, it really doesn't right? sound yeah. all that different, right? <laughs> I, I think we need to take the uh, furnace that we have in my office uh, out, replace it with a new one, and then put the old furnace into a haunt because when it kicks on, it sounds like a car crash. I'm not kidding. It sounds <laughs> oh like tires God. squealing and then the loud bang. Well, that sounds like our washer. <laughs> it's it's really bad. <laughs> Time for a new washer. Yeah, well, it's been like that for about five years, so it's okay. It'll last. It's still kicking. We're gonna we're gonna let mm-hmm. it go. But we until should it record it me. because it's 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 crazy. It kills me because it's like it sounds like tire squealing, which I think is I think the fan is belt driven, so I think it's the belt that's slipping there. And then so you know you get that, and then you get this loud bang, which I have no idea where the hell that's coming from. It's old, and it needs to wake up. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like I'm pretty sure you wake up all creaky and with a bang. Like I don't, I don't have anything with that. Well, well, you know, the company moved into this building where we are now. I think two years after I was born, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, heating unit that's in there predates uh the company moving in so it's probably about time we used to have one of those belt squealing furnaces at my old work and it'd sound like he was kicking a dog <laughs> take off yep so uh props or animations that seem to be thrown into a scene with no rhyme or reason uh i think i mentioned this already cowboy animatronics in a prehistoric attraction what the actual fuck guys oh that reminds me of prehistoric i have to get this one out <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I should say the haunt name or not. Do it. Do it. Oh, we're going to say it. So, we were at we were at Waverly Hills, and of course everyone always wonders why Waverly doesn't use the hospital theme anyways, and I hope if they ever come back and they're able to use parts of the building and whatnot, they're able to rope that back in cuz they used to. But the last time we were there, or probably the second to last, we were walking through kind of like a wooded area, you know, inside the haunt. And there were these two giant dinosaur costumes, like those $6,000 dinosaur costumes that you see where people get in them and they can roar and they can run. They had them both sitting in the scene just hanging up because no one would wear them as costumes. But it made just no sense with the haunt at all. Like, out of all the haunts in the nation, would you think that Waverly would be the one with two dinosaurs? Well, you know, when you spend $15,000 on two costumes, you're going to you're going to use them in your haunt. Yeah, and you I'm don't care what sh- the I'm theme sure is, you're fucking using probably, them. probably they probably got a really good deal on them or whatnot, but yeah, it was just like Well, they say it's one of the most haunted buildings in the country. 
I mean, haunted by what? Dinosaurs died at one point. I guess, yeah, dinosaurs could have been... Who's to say there's not ghost dinosaurs <laughs> running around? I feel like somebody would have... I- you know, made a discuss, made, would have made a Travel Channel show about this. Already. I really wish those props that night were used the way they were supposed to be, though, because that would have been awesome. I don't know those. I know the costumes you're talking about, and they are amazing. But we also see props kind of like that, or your poison props that are also super expensive. They're the ones that come out on like the scissor hinge mechanisms real fast mm-hmm. and loud. We've seen those in really big scenes where it's like the haunt owner ordered it. And then, like, forgot about the scene and didn't build the scene around it. And then the prop came in and they threw the prop in and never did finish building the set, kind of like what we were talking about before. So just because you take one of these large animations or animatronics and put them in a scene and everybody's going to pay attention to that, they're looking at everything before and after it, too. So it is a pretty big pet peeve of ours if you've got something just kind of thrown in like that and you're relying on that to be the scene well and specifically about those ones on the scissor hinge like i don't want to see the fucking hinge behind the animatronic hide that with some cloth or something yeah that's a big one too i don't know how many witches i've had come after me now that are you know they've even got the flicker and flame underneath and they've got sound effects it sounds like they're burning at the stake and they're just hovering in the air above a steel eye beam that's holding her up off, you know, about 10 well, feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and and placement like, oh, of them it's... and lighting and all of that can help with that, too. I think the weirder one that I've ever seen of um, animatronics, like, thrown into, like, a random spot was that zombie horde animatronic. Um, where you have multiple zombies and... They just make zombie sounds, I guess. Oh, yeah. They right. all come I out think at once like five together. or six yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, it was really weird because we were going through like Santa's workshop and uh, there was like, um, I want to say Scott, uh, Sasquatch. It's the snow Sasquatch. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeti. Abominable. Abominable snowman. <laughs> I've been stuck here for too long. I can't think of other words than Sasquatch. It's the Snow Squatch. (laughs) It's that thing that Luke Skywalker cut the arm off of in in, uh, Empire. Not quite, no. I know what you're talking about, but no. Yeah, same thing. (laughs) Anyway. uh, It's like that, but white. So you're you're going through this, like, you know, um, Santa's workshop type of thing and gingerbread houses all covered in snow. And there was that zombie horde that popped up, like, out of the windows while you're going past uh, this house. <laughs> they, yeah. they weren't wearing Santa caps. Like, there was nothing to, like, make them into, like, this Christmassy holiday North Pole theme. They weren't, like, frozen. It was just a zombie horde being like, what up? When you go ahead and walk past them. <laughs> so how about when animatronics are really slow moving? They don't seem they don't oh seem gosh, very threatening, re- do they? No, no, they do not. There was one haunt kind of close to us. They had a big outdoor cemetery scene. They had one of the big uh, angel reaper type statues out there in the graveyard. And it, when you walk past, he was down on his face, you know, kind of hiding. And then he sprung up and he was like 12, 15 foot tall, something like that. But yeah, it, uh, you get about halfway, three quarters away through the night, and the air system is straining pretty hard. It's just like... And it's a giant thing. Think about coming up a little bit, and then it goes back down before it even 
because it did the everybody's end of its kind of standing cycle. there like, ooh, ah. Like, oh, that's cool. Oh, uh-huh. it went away. Or you get the ones that are super old because those are generally the slower moving ones <clears throat> or they just don't have enough air pressure. But you get the really old ones that are like smaller apertures and they come up and they go squeak, 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 squeak. And then they go back down and go squeak. And they're just like super slow. And you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I think the slow ones... Wiper the solar ones, are... you have kind of a issue with um, being able to like time it correctly. So say exactly like what you were saying, Tyler, like earlier in the haunt, like when it's open and there's a lot of air pressure and that animatronic is getting the timing and near the later end of the night, like you could have like two groups go through and not really know what that thing was supposed to do. Um. That's where I get kind of more annoyed is that, you know, it does something and you go ahead and enter the scene and it doesn't really do anything while you're in the scene and you can't really just stand there and wait for it to do its thing and then leave because then that will cause other problems. So how about an over-reliance on animatronics and props? I think, uh, I think the problem haunt that I've seen now twice relies a little too much on these. Yeah, there's there's supposed to be add-ons to really good scenes and really good actors. You know, they're really good for distractions and like if they're simple enough, like, you know, little air cannons or something, those can give good startles while you're in the transition zone just to kind of keep your blood going, but yeah, it is frustrating when an entire scene is built around like three or four or five props all sitting here going off at y'all at the same time and it's just like you know, number one, you may not even know which way to look, which could be a good thing, but if it, it that's very, very rare to see them that densely used throughout an entire haunt. You know, like you might have one scene here or there, but yeah, if if, if there's any haunts, I don't, I don't know of any haunts near us anyway that uh, go too overboard with them, but I'm sure there's some out there that there was just one go here at one point it. that's not open anymore, but theirs was kind of an overuse because there were so many of them that didn't make sense with where they put them. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of haunts that do that. They'll just slap them in wherever because well, we paid a thousand dollars for this thing. We're going to use it. Well, I mean, I guess you can. Yeah. But it's you're yeah, it's not going to achieve what right. you're going so for. So we also think. see animatronics that are clearly falling apart in areas where they are relied upon as like the main focus. So like your big, uh, what's the name of some of the scare factory ones? big guy oh yeah like the uh, the impaler impaler. sometimes we've seen the impaler completely missing an arm and there's just like metal sticking out or like he's falling apart and he's got paint that's not like you can just tell that this thing is super old and has a lot of wear on it and it's like you need to at least like patch him up or make him into a mummy or something (laughs) to where it doesn't look like he's been used for 20 years because he has and um, it just really takes away from it. And like when their heads are missing and there's just like this metal sticking out and you're like, uh, and you can see the yellow foam where the head fell off. Yeah, those are, I mean, some props, some other teams were telling us that they think some of the animatronics and props that are falling apart like that are more scare or scarier to them. But I think there's certain places where they kind of need to be kept a little bit better than that. Yeah, I agree with that. The only thing that I could, like, try to make it better is 
like referencing a Dell factory or something like that, where you kind of like dilapidated is the thing to go for, but that's a very specific thing in order to have falling apart animatronics. Yeah, and there's a right way to make it look like it's supposed to be that way versus Definitely. You, know, <laughs> you can tell when the thing's mm-hmm. broken and especially and flopping around on when it's they're like, close oh. too. Because we were going to a haunt in Ohio the last probably ten years and they've had super, super close foam animals and stuff near us. And you can just see where customers are pulling all their ears off and their noses and everything and they've just left them and left them and left them. Or maybe it's even mice too, who knows? But it's like Take them out or something because it makes the whole scene look terrible. Well, you know, not everybody knows how to take care of their things. I thought we all learned when we were small, like, if you don't care, take care of your stuff, you're not going to have it anymore. But I guess some people are just fucking spoiled. <laughs> some people's kids, am I right? They get to have it and tear it up and then they keep it and they have a collection of broke shit. I mean, it would be cool if a haunt added like a junkyard for props and you went through there and it was just all this dilapidated shit, but that would make that would look good and make sense at that point. We have <laughs> but we have two the- junkyards out here. Junkyard haunts. Oh yeah, we 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 have a few actual junkyards as well, but they don't put their old props in there, which would be interesting because you would maybe take those to a scrapyard. Maybe, yeah. The ones that I think of are like they do actually use their old animatronics, but they're more in the, you know, uh, robot skeletal underpinnings of an animatronic that doesn't have its skin on that type of thing. So they look Ooh. more metal than <laughs> actual, you know, like a broken mannequin or something like that. Kind of kind of like a Five Nights at Freddy's sort of yeah, vibe. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that like that could totally work, too. I, I'll say it right now. I will pay good money. To go through a well done Five Nights at Freddy's haunt, I, I want I want a good experience here. I don't want some cheap knockoff. I want a real well done Five Nights at Freddy's haunt. I couldn't imagine what the licenses though would cost for that. Yeah, don't fucking at me about the copywriting and licensing. I just just make it happen, okay? <laughs> well, speaking of seeing the working parts and the armatures and stuff of the animatronic that. This one kind of goes in with that and what we were talking about earlier of being able to see like your uh, fog machines and things like that is seeing how the magic works. Kind of like your step pads sitting out in the middle of the floor, duct taped to the floor with the wire going over to one side. That's kind of a dead giveaway. Um, Seeing like if you're in a fog room and you see the laser going across, that's a bad thing. Uh, Most of those are usually an invisible laser, but yeah, you don't want to see the things that are causing what you're getting ready to have happen to you. Like, if we want to step on step pads, we'll go to Spirit Halloween, and we'll step on their step pads. We want we want stuff to be surprises when we come through A recent haunt in Chicago haunt. that Mario and Nancy were visiting with us, Nancy was stepping over the step pads during haunt season so that she wouldn't ca- catch the scare. So the owner stopped her and was like, I'm going to remove all those step pads so you'll stop doing that. But we're good. like, yeah, Thank we're like, good, because God. so many you of your know? customers will do it, too. You know, and some of them want to use it to scare their their girlfriend behind them or whatever. But we, we don't want to know when the scare's coming at all, because it's better when the guy wants to scare his girlfriend, and then he doesn't know that the step pad is actually fake, and the real scare is just two steps in front of it. And he's going to get the scare at that point, and you might actually get him. So just try not to use those, or try to hide them with rugs that we can't trip over, or flooring, or whatever. You know, you can figure out how to hide them. Yeah. Uh, And on that note, too, um, 
laser triggers are really the way to go with a, a lot of the time with this sort of thing, but be aware that if you're in a foggy scene, laser triggers are suddenly very visible. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's the sort of thing you do when you're a kid and you get a laser pointer and, you know, you find some source of fog or smoke and all of a sudden you shoot the laser through it and you can see the beam. And I guess not enough haunters have figured this out or they haven't, you know, walked through their haunt as if they were a customer. Which I think is, you know, that's a big failing on the part of the haunt. So, but yeah, I mean, if you can see the laser triggers, I mean, I'm going to step over it just to spite you. And then, and then in my review, I'm going to talk about how, well, you know, in this one scene, it seems like there really should have been some good scare. There was no actors, there was no animatronics, no nothing. And then, you know, if they reach back out to me, go, well, there was a laser trigger. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. I stepped over it because fuck you. <laughs> Here we go. There's the first, first of all, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Second of all, no, I'm not stepping through your fucking laser. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> if you don't get the reference, see yep. our customer yeah, service. See the last episode. <laughs> so another one that uh, one of the teams submitted, and I, of course I agree with this too, is the big, uh, especially Gorgolore actormatronics, the big animations that are like dog heads or goat heads where there actually is an actor behind it that controls it. Um, seeing those in haunted houses without actors behind them just lying on the floor, lying loose, and not, like, trying to hide them, because us seeing them just laying there, we're like, ooh, is it going to do anything or not? And then it doesn't, and it's, like, a super big letdown. But um, we've also seen several cases where there'll be an actress scaring from right beside it instead of utilizing it, which I don't know why they wouldn't utilize it. I guess maybe they're just tired and wore out and don't want to use it, so they'll just stand beside it and use it as a hiding spot. Or we've seen two actresses at two totally different haunts in two totally different states have us walk up to their dragon and pet it as it's just laying there loose, looking at the floor. You want to pet my dragon? It's sleeping. I told no, the last I one I wanted her to wake it up, and up. she was like, oh no, we can't wake it up. And I was like, yes, we fucking can. Let's wake it up. <laughs> yes, we can. I want to see it wake up and fly. And by yes. the way, you can pet my dragon. <laughs> oh my God, Brian. <laughs> well, pet my dragon? No, but you can pet mine. <laughs> uh, almost as, yeah, either, either the ectomotronics with no one behind them, either they come out and scare you without using the thing or when they are using the thing but you can still see them behind. yeah because sometimes they're wearing like blatantly obvious street clothes like white shirts and stuff we've seen that and we're like uh oh basic black people my god the first rule of being a haunt actor basic fucking <laughs> black <laughs> oh we still need to do like the ten commandments or whatever we were gonna do yes I had to cut out a part of a video because I could see the person oh my god there. I just couldn't use it. Yeah, like, no. that's one thing about filming in night vision is we see a lot of stuff that even we don't see like walking through too. So you're like, oh, fuck, we can't use that for the video. Nope, can't use that. Can't use that. That's where you start doing the awkward transitions in between them. <laughs> the <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Wayne's World effects. <laughs> Some filler. <laughs> Speaking of Wayne's World effects, <laughs> transitioning into the sensory special effects, and that's uh, we've already hit on like a little bit of like laser swamps, but also lighting, um, like your never-ending tunnels. So those are illusions. You got sense, air cannons, fire, pyro, things of that sort. Tiffany, what do you got on the 
sensory um, effects? I think probably. There's I, notes. Read the I note. can't read anything. <laughs> I think probably the one that is my biggest pet peeve is uh, the scents. Um, either when the wrong scent is used or uh, when there's like a really strong scent, depending on what the scent is. Like I have the story of the charred corpse, which is more of an actor story, but one of the the actors that I was acting with decided to take charred corpse and the whole entire bottle and just douse himself with it. And it smelled like burnt flesh forever. Like it wasn't just for the night. It was forever. I still kind of have memory of what it smells like, but I'm pretty sure anybody that went into his scene, anybody, because he was an intimidation scare, so he got right up close to patrons. And I'm pretty sure, like, it's a really nauseating scent. It's kind of like the poop scent that they have. Um, I've had that, like, sprayed on me at haunts with their, like, diffuser. It smelled delicious. <laughs> <laughs> No you know, way. When, you're, when your acting director said to embrace your character, this is not what they meant. I think it is, though. I think they're just like, <laughs> it's method acting, right? You just like get into the scene. As a clown, like mine was cotton candy. So I smelt like a junior high girl in the early aughts. <laughs> uh, so uh, super thick fog. I keep going back to where you said forever and thinking about the same <laughs> oh, lot. Accurate. <laughs> And I've got it down. We're good. <laughs> so, uh, super thick fog or cheap fog that makes people cough. Um, we get it, bro. You vaped. You don't need that much. Okay. It's actually, it's, sometimes you do. So, when you need that much, it's because you need it to be really low lying. Uh, and in that case, there's special fog machines that you use that you put dry ice into. And that's why it lays so low. It's not just that you pump so much that you know the density of the fog kind of settles to the floor, right? Uh, and that's, they make fast that's the wrong way to do it. Fog too, where it can fill a room pretty thick on a trigger, and then it kind of dissipates pretty quickly too. But that stuff that you get at Spirit or even Walmart or any of those places, no. I do not recommend doing that Stay in a haunt. If you do it outside, maybe if you like need to save money and buy some of that, but froggies and master fog and I think there's one more. I can't think of it, but there's like three or four that haunts use and we just we can just tell walking through they're like, Oh, that's froggies. I can I can actually waft this in and it's not gonna kill me. Yeah, you can you can tell by the smell, uh the better quality ones. I'm pretty sure those spirit ones come with a surgeon general's warning on them. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> right. Uh, so speaking of uh, fog, laser swamps with one or very few lasers. And it, it kind of just doesn't. I think you have to have a minimum of four, like one for each corner to get the lasers to go around your your remaining objects in the room, unless you have no remaining objects. Um, but still, as soon as you walk in one, you're going to immediately get a shadow across the rest of the swamp and you can see everything in your shadow. Well, actually. No, I've seen it done with one laser, but it was a specific laser that split the beam up, you know, very wide. So, but you have to position your uh, laser in a very specific spot, and it has to be just 
It has to be just so. Or if you use multiple lasers and you don't get them lined up correctly. And now you have like four or five lines going all three, five, six different ways across the whole scene where there's supposed to be a solid straight line. Yeah, you, you've totally... Again, it's that nostalgia feeling, right? Like, again, grade school photos... Lasers. <laughs> Sometimes they have the lasers too high or too low as well. <laughs> right, yeah. Some of them are like, eyeball oh, yeah, I'm height sometimes right underneath them, and I'm like, but I'm only 4'10. Oh, no. Surely other customers are below five foot and need this to be lower than that, but I guess not. I never thought of that, but um, I just always <laughs> thought lasers like were chest high or, you know, like waist nope. high or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's not a standard Mm-mm. for laser We've seen smalls. all varieties of them. I don't know. I think they're more intimidating when it comes up to like neck high for someone like me. I'm about six foot tall. Especially if they have that fog thick enough to make it hard, hard, hard to see somebody under it. Yep. Or they're using those um, airbags that also only go up to about your neck. I used to act at the end of a hallway of Which those. is my waist. Fuck you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's like 6'13", for anybody that doesn't know. 6'13"? <laughs> 6'13". Hmm. Strobe lights. Oh. Strobe lights, strobe lights. Talking about thick fog. I've, I don't know how many haunts we've been through that'll just pack a room full of not low-lying fog but actual even if it's good fog then they'll blast about eight of the brightest strobes on the face of the earth which is disorienting for a scene but when when you do it so much or all of your special lighting is is let's put a strobe here and let's put a strobe there and we'll put one blue light here and one green light here and then we'll put strobes here and strobes here and it's like can we please stop strobing so much like i think one or two that's used effectively is probably good per haunt, if that. I And even on that note, just any light that is as bright as the goddamn sun, it just, it's not, I, I get it. it, it accomplishes one particular thing, but if you're using it more than once, just you're doing it wrong. You know, it's it's like it's like these new cars that drive around. And they've got these headlights that are bright as the fucking sun, and they're aimed right at your goddamn eyes. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, cra- craftfully used and in uh, few and far between, it can be appreciated. But yeah, don't go overboard, kids. We've also seen a lot of very dark scenes that make it super hard to see the creativity shine, literally. So um, last year we were in a cemetery outside in the real woods. And they had these awesome mausoleums and we could tell like by looking closer to them that they were textured and they had silicone masked zombies out there. But the only way we could see them was to kind of like get off the path a little bit and like get closer and like, you know, squint our eyes like, is that really? Oh, that's a nice silicone mask. Like they just didn't have any type of lighting out there. And maybe something happened and it just wasn't working that night or whatever. But we've also seen other haunts where we're like, it was super hard to see some of the really cool stuff in there. And they're like, someone else told us that earlier. Maybe we should add some lighting. And when you've created an environment that props the prompts the guests to walk off the trail so they can see these, uh, the, the dark silhouette of the scary guy over in the corner, then you're doing it wrong. If I can, if I can leave the uh, intended path, you've done it wrong. Uh, so let's talk about air cannons. Oh, Lord. <laughs> air cannons can be great. In um, small doses, yes. But we 
even Tiffany was with us on a pretty recent haunt in the Chicago area where it seemed like their number one scare tactic was air cannon. And like after the third one, we were all like, oh, not another air cannon. Oh, another air cannon. And it was just like they were close together, too. So it's I don't again, very good in, you know, small quantities or at least varying quantities. There's some that just give you the little pop and give you a little blast somewhere. and then. You've got the real big boys that'll just I've had one lift one of my legs up before (laughs) because it was so strong out at Hill of Terror. Yeah, yeah, they had some good ones. We've seen some air cannons used underwater too, like in conjunction with a a simulated gunshot. Those are kind of cool. There's lots of different ways to use an air cannon. Yeah, if it's just pop. Pop when you're going through, it's like, okay, we get it. Oh, same thing with stupid uh, popcorn makers. I don't know if that's the official term for them. That's what I call them. the the electrical boxes. Yeah, the electrical boxes, and when you when you trigger it, it goes, it starts crackling and popping. Poppers. And and when they when they started getting popular, I saw you know one or two here or there, and I thought, okay, this is a really good scare because you don't see it coming, and it, it fits really well into a laboratory type scene. And then all of a sudden, everybody had them, and I'm so fucking sick of these things. <laughs> we see them ever so often too. People around here are kind of starting to tone down on them, but I think the poppers. And the air cannons are both, when used sparingly, are really good at like a double tap. So where you know you have a really good scare, and then you come in with that air cannon right behind it, I think that's kind of the best use for that and the poppers. And the poppers don't need to keep going for a solid 30 seconds because they're annoying. Like three seconds yeah, max. Yeah, just a few seconds. We <laughs> so, well, to be fair, I'm the asshole that stops and watches it while it's going off because some of them have like lights in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the one. So, yeah. There's a couple of haunts that I know of out here that their finale is just just poppers. And it, it's not okay. So I am jumpy enough with pop scares that poppers get me every single time. And even though I go they through. They usually do get me too. Right? Yeah. And even though I go through, I could hear the poppers from like right before. So I know that they haven't removed them and I still go and they still get me every single time. So I think that people like me or patrons like me are the sole like customer base. Why poppers still exist. <laughs> yep. Yep. They're like, oh, Tiffany's coming. We better get that thing working. Tonight. Right. Me too, because they're one of those scares that you don't know. You can't see them coming unless they have everything exposed which I've not really ever seen an air cannon or poppers exposed to where we would know where they were. So just take that as a learning experience. Make your animatronics and stuff kind of the same way. Make it to where we don't know they're coming. Yeah, I'm not going to say that they're not scary by any means, but I'm one of the ones where, yeah, it gets my attention. And if it's close enough and distracting enough, I can definitely get a good startle out of it. But I'm the guy that once I hear them going off, I start bird dogging them to see if they actually did them pretty well. Like, did they actually put them in an electrical box or did they just take about 10 of them and fling them in the corner and see where they stick? Or, yeah. you know, I wanted to actually look like, you know, because they're poppers, they're generally used in some type of industrial or electrical scene in some electric boxes or with some wires or something. And yeah, I give more appreciation to the ones that figure out how to make them look like something's actually shortened out and I might get electrocuted. I like to try to touch them, see if I do get electrocuted. 
<laughs> I am not that brave. Right? Nora does not nope, like I got shocked last shocks. weekend, and you guys will lovingly get to see it on YouTube at some point, and Woo-hoo. it is not funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was so pissed off. <laughs> I, he didn't well, sound it scared pissed me. Off. <laughs> Did it sound like she enjoyed it? Crickets. Oh yeah, she's grinning from ear to ear <laughs> and laughing. Think of the answer. <laughs> she's laughing. Yeah, <laughs> you had to come up with something. Wait. Go well. I have to. I have to go to bed with this one tonight. <laughs> How much do I want to wake up tomorrow morning? <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing we got on our list is ex- excessive use of car horns or air horns. And I've only ever in my life seen this accomplished well once. Yeah, yeah that's what they sound like. Well, they don't sound like that because that sounds like a goose in distress. It's the same, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I've only se- ever seen this uh, used once effectively. And it's at... Uh, I think it's in Canada, as a matter of fact. It's the one where you've probably seen the pictures on YouTube, or on uh, Facebook, rather. And it's the people, and they're they're uh, standing in front of the, the wallpaper, and they all look like something's about to hit them. And I'm going to give away the secret here. Some it, They do think something's going to hit them. It's a uh, truck that's on a rail system, and as you're walking by, the headlights kick on, and it comes speeding towards you and there's a camera attached to the hood and it takes your picture when it gets to the end and it's got a horn blaring and it's the coolest thing mm-hmm. that's the only ever time that's the only time i've ever seen that used effectively outside of that forget it don't use it they're fucking stupid now there's one up in yep. chicago we saw not that long ago uses that little tech yeah not very often for sure it's an under underutilized uh photo opportunity oh you guys got anything else not right now but i'll think of something as soon as we Stop. Then we have right. to add it. Anyone else comes up with, yeah. <laughs> and if anybody else comes up with something um, after we get off here, just comment or send us a message or something like that. We might do a uh, second version of this next season. So let us know what we're missing. Absolutely. We always love hearing from you guys, our listeners. Uh, that is all that we've got. It seems like that's all we got. Nobody's chiming in here. But uh, so, yeah, definitely thank you for listening all the way to the end here. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we do have a website full of haunted house reviews and directory listings. We've got over 2,300 haunted houses listed in North America, I do believe. So definitely go check that out. That's on thescarefactor.com. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe here and there and everywhere. Uh, follow us on all the socials at The Scare Factor. And while you're on the website, check out our Spreadshirt store. You can get you some scarefactor.com swag, like shirts and hats and all kinds of good stuff like that. So thanks again for listening to us. We're going to go ahead and jump off here. Uh, hopefully we will see you at the next episode or hear from you or whatever on the next episode. Is that how Something like that. Okay. hopefully we'll see you there and until then stay scary Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. 
The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.